0: When you are, for example, uh, listening to a symphony, you adopt a contemplative behavior that enables you to listen more, more carefully to the music, right? So somehow, I, I think that planners can also be artists in the sense that they have to contemplate the people that they work with in order to understand how they can be more, more helpful and contribute better. Hey, Ayushi.
1: Hey, how's it going, Caesar?
2: Going okay. You know, this time I, we're looking at things a, a little differently. You know, we've we've been sitting, listening to people, being in these really interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today we have something really special, which mm-hmm. is Antonio Moya Vatore. We all call him Tony. Uh, but what's so special about what we're going to do today is here's someone who's working as a planner, he's an architect and a musician, and he's bringing all three of those things together. Mm-hmm in the way that he does his work and really helping us to look at what happens when you create new civic spaces, when you bring those three things together, when you're an accomplished architect, an accomplished musician, an accomplished planner. Yeah. You get some very interesting things happening.
1: And it's providing such an incredible way for us to finish out this season after we've heard so many incredible speakers think with us about their work and the way that they see community. And now we're going to do a little bit of a different kind of listening with Tony as he reflects also with us about his work in a community, a very important work. And he does it with an instrument, with piano.
2: Yeah. So we're going to go into his piano studio and we're going to sit there with him. We're going to do our interview there. And he's going to uh, not just talk to us, but play, right, inspired by At the moment, what comes to him and what is his reflection on the work that he's doing, really bringing his music as a way of explaining what he does.
1: And just for all our listeners out there, everything you're about to hear is not pre-prepped by any of us. It's not prepped by him. It's not a clip of an existing piece he's written or anything, even though he does write incredible original music. This is all something that just kind of happens as a way of him trying to express his feelings about this incredible work. And this is the only place that what you're about to hear exists. This is the only place this music exists. So I hope you enjoy the piano as much as we do.
2: Tony, how are you doing? Hi, good morning. I'm doing fine, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just kind of came up to you months ago and said, you're doing really interesting work. We really <laughs> want to have you kind of talk about the work you've been doing, how you've been approaching the work of kind of community building from the standpoint of being an artist. Uh, And then in the midst of that, we found out that part of your artistry is being a musician also. And uh, (laughs) so So we've
1: joined Tony in the closet under the staircase. (laughs) Yes.
2: So for, yeah, uh, if you were with us right now, you would be in a very small room (laughs) inside of an enormous university, that is fitting a baby grand piano and three people and microphones and i'm telling you this is actually pretty cramped but it's going to be <laughs> really great nice and intimate
1: exactly it's going to sound great it's all that matters <laughs> it's yeah great.
2: yeah
0: it's really great so what have you been up to So, well, I mean, this is a very hectic moment of the semester. I just defended my thesis here at MIT. Oh, you
2: did a thesis. And I guess this
0: is part of my thesis defense somehow, because I want to include some audio recording to my written thesis. Uh Uh-huh. What was your thesis about? So it's about how planners, by planners I mean facilitators, community leaders, even Mm -hmm. practitioners, can spark some meaningful, meaningful change uh, in communities that are dealing with some sort of trauma or some vulnerabilities and in this regard i think that art is a pow- powerful means uh, to spark change
2: so what do you mean by like traumas or vulnerabilities right?
0: so they are the, the, the communities I'm, i've worked uh, with uh, are communities dealing with lots of uh, problems the summer i spent uh, two months working in brazil in a community that has a huge dumping site in the middle of the community that will be an example of, of an urban trauma. It's a, an, uh, an ongoing uh, experience that they have been dealing with for many years mm. that becomes traumatic at some point because they it's, they cannot stand it anymore. They have to do something to, to overcome it. And
2: Can I just say something about that? Uh, I mean, it's just interesting, you know, because at first when I thought heard you say the word trauma i was thinking oh wow some big event like katrina or something else that came in here and i think that's how we normally think about it but it's really interesting you know you're saying well here's something that's been in the community for a long time and it's a trauma also right
1: like crises don't need to be these acute things they can actually be chronic yeah exactly so in 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 my
0: thesis i actually differentiate between those two types of trauma Hmm. like shocking events And cumulative experiences that become traumatic as well. Wow.
1: And you're advocating that artists, such as yourself, go into these communities and do what exactly?
0: So, yeah, because art is a a very natural means of expression uh, that doesn't rely always on verbal communication. I think it's a powerful Mm. tool uh, to start addressing issues. So in this case, uh, in in, in the community in Brazil where I was working on, uh, we organized an art festival with lots of different workshops, with theater, with performances on the street, with music, to start addressing the, the issue of the dumping site that the community wants to transform into a park for the neighborhood. So yeah, we used art and work, art-related workshops to start talking about the importance of, of keeping the site clean and changing it, its use to a park.
2: You know, I've, I've had the, the distinct pleasure of reading your thesis, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, one of the things I remember you saying, uh, which I think is really important, is that it's not just about cleaning it up because they had actually cleaned yeah. the park yeah. before and the trauma still remained, right? Yeah. So what's what's the difference between just like cleaning it up and mm-hmm. what it is you're talking
0: about? Yeah, exactly. That that happened. So the, the community undertook a huge uh, collective cleanup, but they realized that it was not enough and neighbors kept throwing trash on the, on the dumping site. So uh, there needs to be some sort of cultural or behavioral change in the community so that they stop throwing trash. And that's how we came up with the idea of the festival to somehow to showcase that this space could be used for something else, something different. And that way start changing little by little the, the behavior of the community.
1: There's so much there. I'm just thinking about like, I don't know, when we often send different kinds of other volunteers You know, I'm thinking of like the Peace Corps, which Tony and I were talking about Mm -hmm. recently and some other sorts of, you know, volunteers go into these environments that are dealing with a lot of pain, deep seated pain. I feel like the solution is often in the form of, you know, it could be cleanup, it could be money, it could be um, just more manpower. I don't think we really think about like what it means to reprogram the way in which we see our role within this community.
0: Yeah, so in my experience, if it would be another context, usually like transforming a dumping site into a park would be a straightforward task, right? We clean it up, we gather the resources, we design it, and we build it. But what happens in these kinds of more complex contexts is that there are a lot of uncertain issues that that might arise, so many things have to be addressed simultaneously. So uh, after this festival that we organized, there have been a lot of other activities, monthly events to keep uh, the space uh, in use, uh, new leadership, uh, emerge out of, the, out of the festival and then also we collected ideas for the actual design of the park so many things have to happen at the same time to make sure that, that the behavior changes because otherwise just cleaning it up it was not enough
2: so you know we're sitting in this room with you at a piano and stuff so what did the park sound like before you started working on it
0: so yeah the, the park or, the, or love this park <laughs> no the park what did it sound like before okay, you started yeah. working on it Okay, Good question. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if i want to go play that (laughs) part yeah (laughs) yeah the idea here somehow is this idea of vulnerabilities that are pulling down right And there might be some hope. are pulling down trauma is there right trauma is there all the time mm. yeah and so even as you go reminding, forward, yeah, reminding exactly. you reminding
2: mm. you mm. wow <laughs> it feels like
1: inescapable like it, feel, yeah, it feels yeah i don't know i hope our listeners get a sense of this but sitting in this room right now i feel like my own i don't know if it's my energy or my optimism it feels like it's dropped uh-huh. in just sort of listening and processing that sound
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's the point of, of music, right? You, you yeah. can transmit that feeling without using words, probably. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. So you're in this community.
2: So tell us a little bit about it. What was it like?
0: It's in, in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. Uh, this community, actually, the official name that they use to describe these kinds of communities is favela, right? It's a, it's a slum, which is a very loaded word. Uh, there's a lot of stigma associated with it. But when I uh, arrived there for the first time, my first feeling was not that of a violent place or, a, or a, a very vulnerable place, but rather that of an active and vibrant community with lots of children playing on the street, lots of uh, businesses open, lots of activity. Right? It's true that after spending two months there, you start feeling this this weight mm-hmm. that that is over the community all the time. That's like what I represent with the music, right? You you feel you feel this heavy weight on your head and. and I was there just for two months so, like I could imagine living there spending your nights there there's something in the environment that is is not is not right It's
2: interesting because that observation that oh well when I first show up I mm. see all these things mm. that appear to say things are okay yeah. I mean not necessarily okay but like people are having a full life in this community exactly. they're out yeah. the kids are playing stuff like that yeah. But then you stay there a little longer and you begin to realize yeah. mm-hmm. the energy that's yeah. in the space. Also, there's a different energy also working, what, against yeah. or uh, in opposition to what yeah. you're actually observing. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. So, okay. I was just thinking when you were first talking about this, I was saying, okay, so why don't you describe what you do as just community organizing?
0: Well, uh, my, my proposal in my thesis actually that when you are invited to join an initiative that's already there in a community like this one, the first step is to contemplate, right? Uh, I have felt that being in planning school, many planners tend to offer solutions too quick mm. before even understanding the, the complexity that that's there. So I'm, in my thesis, I invite practitioners to adopt a very contemplative behavior to try to perceive the energy and the complexity of these communities before trying to offer any kind of solution or proposal. So, yeah, this the first idea mm. is this contemplation, this, which is actually a, a concept I, ha- I have wor- borrowed from the art world. Mm. When you are, for example, uh, listening to a symphony, you adopt a contemplative behavior that enables you to listen more and more carefully to the music, right? So somehow I, I think that planners can also be artists in the sense that they have to contemplate the people that they work with in order to understand how they can be more, more helpful and contribute better. Mm. What do you mean by contemplative? Okay, contemplative m- means being empathetic with people, being sensitive, mm. trying to, to listen, trying to build trust. Uh, there is a concept in, in the action research literature, they call it the, the friendly outsider, mm. which I'm not super excited about, but I think there is something there. You, you, you have to be just a, a normal human being not come uh, there with the idea of the expert that you are going to offer solutions. You have to empathize with people. And then uh, once you uh, have been uh, submerged into the culture there, then you start together with the team there to offer proposals and solutions to test them, right? But the idea of empathy mm. and sensitivity and care and treating treating uh, people with with love is is embedded in this idea of contemplation.
1: Mm. I'm thinking a bit about like sort of you know if you walk in as a hammer everything kind of looks like a nail and what you're seems to be describing is to just take all that hat off Uh and walk in like you said just with yourself
0: exactly yeah right
1: and just be witness to the environment for a while before you even begin to make a decision that you want to solve something or exactly
0: avoiding stigmas and preconceptions if if I had arrived there believing, oh, OK, this is a favela. This is going to be super dangerous. I, I'm going to be very careful. And I avoided that. I, I had already talked with some community leaders there. And, and, and we, we had been planning something. We had to do something re- related to culture and art. Uh, so I arrived there, and I just started uh, talking to Esther. I didn't even speak Portuguese properly. <laughs> I, I'm a Spanish speaker. But somehow, we communicated very good. I met Esther, the, the community leader there. She's a young architect. And it just uh, was very natural and and we immediately built, built trust and, and we started sharing personal experiences and professional experiences and after a couple of days of contemplating we started coming up with this idea of the festival as a spark which is also one of the ideas that I have in my ideas there has to be a spark that starts somehow um, moving things forward
2: so oh, I'm really glad you said the last thing the last two things you said one is like you know you and a were like after a couple of days Mm -hmm. you were in this because at first when you were talking about you know being contemplative in this and using contemplation as a way to understand the place i was thinking Mm -hmm. oh you're going to be there for a year for two years just waiting and seeing to understand but you're basically saying you can actually do that in a short period of time it's about a way you enter Mm -hmm. the community
0: yeah exactly so i mean contemplation i think is something that you cultivate your whole life right it's not something that you just apply when you arrive to a community. So you have already to be somehow prepared to come to arrive with, with a contemplative mindset. Mm. Uh-huh. But yes, because, I mean, we are we are planners, we are practitioners and or often times constrained. Uh, so we have to find soon like an entry point to projects that that can as a test and, and, and experience how changes might look like in the future. So it's a type of contemplation that you cultivate before But then you arrive there, and and maybe in this case, uh, it only took us two days or three days to come up with this idea. It could have been one week, two weeks. I mean, it depends on the context. It's very difficult to generalize. But the idea is that there comes some action out of this contemplation. It's not just observing an over-romanticizing situation there. (laughs) It's trying to find a a quick first step experiment to tinker with what you have there to see if if that that might bring meaningful change into the community or, or not, and maybe uh, in the future, you switch to your strategy, strategy. That might be also a possibility.
1: Can you play that spark for us?
0: Yeah. So for the spark, <laughs> uh, yeah, the spark itself it just is sounds just sounds
1: like an exciting moment.
0: Just something that is very acute and bright and brings light, right? But there, then also, I was thinking the, the the sparking theme somehow. I I wanted to associate with uh, with children because also I feel that this change. It has to be a generational change. So this sparking projects have to rely a lot on, on children and next generation. So the, the theme I was thinking about looks like this or sounds like this. start Uh, and the idea is that uh, throughout the music we arrive to a more triumphal ending but the beginning of the sparking theme should sound like this yeah wow
1: (laughs) i'm endlessly impressed (laughs) because also this is not like this is something you're just doing right now you're just putting your like emotion into sound yeah I mean, that's shocking to me. Like I've practiced piano for so much of my life, but I still can only barely yeah. sight read. <laughs> Let alone come up with something yeah. You've come to.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I have I have been exploring for the past week some different themes. And I I have not arrived quite to a to a complete piece or something like that. And I might I might not actually write one because this this idea of the spark is so highly context dependent that yeah maybe just having a couple of teams and improvising uh, each time differently is how it should be
1: yeah
2: so you know in this season we've been really focused on you know people who are like coming from different traditions who are part of supporting new processes in a community that really mm-hmm. connect people and start to build their own kind of kind of connection to mm-hmm. support their ability to be working together in a democratic society. Uh, though right now, in this time and age, it's kind of hard to know what democracy means anymore, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. but, <laughs> but you know, taking the label of democracy often just really focus on the notion of how the people who are living together in relationship with each other, right? Yeah. And you're seeing this as a way of, of doing that. It's actually interesting for me because even though you're an artist, you're a musician, You're an architect, you know, uh, but you've talked about the planner in this, right? You've really kind of talked about the planner and the planner's role in all of this. And I want to just go back to something else you said, which was about a mindset. Uh And what I hear you really suggesting is that there is this, I want to go back to this, you know, contemplation, this contemplative mindset. Mm -hmm. something you're really advocating that planners need to adopt as a way of being in their work
0: yeah absolutely
2: And that's so different than you know there's there's been a whole history of planners engaging with communities from the standpoint of being advocates for mm. or organizing for mm-hmm. but not a lot that i know where people are saying what's the mindset mm-hmm. that's really yeah, going yeah. to be important for planners to have to move forward
0: yeah, yeah there is a direct reference here uh, which is Don uh, idea of the reflective practitioner, right? Mm. So he was a, a professor here at MIT right. at the Department of Urban Studies. He had this idea of uh, of adopting some, some sort of reflective mindset, both when you are in action, but also when you are reflecting on action. So when you are embedded in, but also when you step back. So actually what I did in my thesis, so honestly, when, when we were there in Brazil, all these things that I'm talking about, Contemplation, the spark, there are other concepts that I have not talked here about yet, uh, now. We were not using those terms properly. Somehow they, there was an intuition there, but after the experience, I ha- have had time to, ex- to reflect on that. And I came up with those concepts. So that's the idea of reflecting on action. Right. Once you have finished or Ideally even when you are there right but sometimes when there's little time you are very very work, working intensely so to finish something but yeah dontion will be the direct reference to yeah. contemplation I just prefer to use the idea of contemplation because of the art world that I come from
2: uh-huh. mm-hmm.
1: I'm just thinking about the way in which this mindset could be a sort of best practice for so many other groups of people who mm-hmm. intervene in civic life mm-hmm. to use. I mean, I'm just thinking about all the other players, right? Like, you know, developers, the 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 finance folks, the um, architects, I mean, there's so many planners, of course, like so many people involved in this space, mm-hmm. not just from civic society and government, but from the private sector. Yeah. And I think that there's such a perspective about providing solutions or, exactly, yeah. or seeing communities as markets
0: yeah, absolutely. for
1: sale and- I'm just thinking about how much already, even in those in that language, has been lost around Absolutely. contemplation or reflection or mm-hmm. empathy or listening, even just basic yeah. witness.
0: Yeah. So I have actually a very concrete example of, of lack of contemplation, also related to trauma. And there was a, an earthquake in that hit the south of Mexico in 2017. Mm-hmm. We visited the, one of the towns, Ixtaltepec uh, over the summer last year. And we visited one woman whose house had been rebuilt by, by planners from, from Mexico City. And this context is a, a fully different context. It's, nothing, it's also Mexico, but it's a, a different, like a different right. lifestyle. And we saw the house, the house looked good. At least my first impression is that the house looked good. It was big, there was a kitchen, there were a few rooms. And we asked the woman, Oh, nice, so oh, your house ha- have, has been rebuilt properly. And she said, well, yes, but this house has nothing to do with my lifestyle. I didn't mm-hmm. have a kitchen like this before. We, we used to have a, an open in the, in the courtyard, but no one asked me how my house looked like. <laughs> I just received this, this project that was built and I have to live here. So that's an example of lack of contemplation and attention and sensitivity, right? So And, and, it's, and it's very it's dangerous because you're forcing people to live in a way they are, they, they are not used to. So that's why I guess my my thesis is is directed to individuals so that they reflect on their own practice and I remember remember during my defense last uh, Monday we were talking about uh, if my thesis was too individualistic or why not more collectivity and I have been thinking about that and indeed I think yeah that the audience of my my thesis at this stage at, at least is individual practitioners mm to invite them to reflect on their own practice as I have done with, with my own practice. You
2: know, it's interesting that story you told about uh, the, the woman's house because in some sense, by not being in that really kind of open way of engaging with her and involving her, they've actually re-traumatized her. Uh, yeah. Her house yeah. now becomes a place yeah. of trauma yeah. Yeah. as wow. opposed to a, a place of, Which is, of refuge yeah. and peace.
0: It's very tough, right?
2: Yeah, so every day she walks in, she's yeah. like constantly reminded Yeah of that we do that in communities all the time Mm -hmm. right with big projects and stuff you can come in if you're not really engaging and bringing them in then you can end up thinking you've made a physical improvement yeah right but in actuality really reinforced the sense of trauma
0: that's often the case And, and, and many planners are obsessed with this idea of impact and, and and providing houses for for <laughs> thousands people, right? But under one, what conditions? What That's what so what, yeah, what lives? I, I prefer to talk about meaningful change rather than impactful change. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so some changes that are meaningful for the people. That
1: I love people. that. I never thought about. I mean, there's so many. Like you know, I'm thinking of all the corporations that are mission-driven.
0: Now,
1: yeah, yeah. Right. And a lot of our generations focus on working for organizations that are mission-driven or impact-driven. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about well, right. I never realized that being mission-driven might mean that you're actually trading off something else. Yeah. And in this case, it might be listening. Yeah. Right. You might not be as observant or reflective if you're just again coming in as a hammer trying yeah. to create impact or trying to you know be driven by mission instead of by empathy
2: yeah exactly yeah it's- and putting that word meaningful in front of change and yeah. from yeah. impact is really important because yeah. it then require it recenters, centers you uh-huh. right centers you in a very different space so you know you you sparked so much in us right. <laughs> in this conversation <laughs> uh that we didn't get very far into what you're doing so like Tell us a little bit about what was the spark. What did you do in the community?
0: Yeah. Okay, so the the idea of this festival that we organized there was to raise awareness and to start or to build on the existing capabilities that the community has there. So also I have been exploring uh, literature to to develop the conceptual framework of my thesis. And there are these two concepts. Uh, One is called conscientização. It's a Portuguese word. In English, it be conscientization sure, or right. the act of becoming aware of something. It was coined by Brazilian pedagogue Freire in 1968. Mm-hmm. And the other concept is this idea of capabilities that, that Amartya Sen developed in his uh, capability approach in the late 1990s. And so the idea of this festival was to raise awareness and build capabilities specifically tied to the, the infrastructure that we need for the festival. So we started doing workshops in the four or five weeks before the art festival, workshops with children to design the, the, the image of the festival. We had photography workshops, we, have, we had carpentry work- workshops with the community leaders to, to learn how to build the, the physical or the temporary ar- architecture that we would need for the festival. And then we had landscaping uh, workshops with uh, another community leader from, from Rio de Janeiro. He came and, and, and started showing the, the community there how to build a park out of recycled tires. So wow. it, was, it was very interesting. So we were we were building capacity there specifically to make the festival happen, so that the day of the festival we could have this infrastructure, We could have already a group of community members engaged in the process. And then it was the day of the festival itself. It was eight hours of intense activities and workshops. We had this theater play on the street that for me was very impressive, witnessing how 100 neighbors were sitting on the street watching these two players perform. We had a huge uh, participatory design workshop to start collecting ideas for the design of the festival. So yeah, I, I mean, it was super intense. I, I'm happy also to share some links and so, some yeah. images to our audience here. Yeah,
2: so we'll definitely on our notes, <laughs> we'll actually have those up there so people yeah. can yeah.
0: can see
2: things because it is pretty visually stunning and yeah. to see the before, the during, yeah. uh, and the continued work because yeah. there's no after, because it's, yeah. Yeah, it's continuing. It's
0: There's well, no spark if there is no
2: continuation, right? Right, then mm. it's not a spark. It's yeah. something else, right? So let me just, I want to go a little bit further in this idea that, okay, so you had all these activities. I think what's interesting about the way you did it is everything you mentioned as an activity was actually building capacity Mm -hmm. in the community to do that thing. Mm -hmm. So you didn't, you could have done a lot of this yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Or you could have had other people who just kind of work on it. But you actually were always, whatever had to be done to make the festival happen, then you built
0: Workshops and things around it
2: to actually build capacity of people to there who live there to actually do that work
0: is Yeah, that right? yeah, actually and uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned before democracy There is one de- definition of democracy by by Dana Cunningham the oh. the director of uh, The community innovators lab in, in, in MIT in DASP She says democracy is not exactly the, the phrase but something like democracy is solving a problem in order to let you solve the next problem, something like that, right? Mm. So with this spark, we were building capacity to make the festival happen, but also keeping in mind the the complexity of the community so that the project could move forward once the festival was over. And one of the most important capacities that emerged out of this festival was the the leadership team that, that was built there. So before the festival, the, there was a, a Esther and, and her father, like two community leaders who were doing an amazing job there. But they were overwhelmed. That's 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 the truth. They were overwhelmed with this the community is 15,000 inhabitants uh, big, wow. and just two community leaders taking care of everything. It's it's too much beyond everything else that they have to pay attention to in life. So. In this festival, we brought together a team of 10 leaders, young leaders, that's this this idea. The the young leaders that that came together to work on this shared project, the, the festival, and now they are part of the leadership team. And, and every month they are organizing different activities. Wow. They are doing a lot of stuff. They, they are having capacity building workshops. Mm. They are learning marketing. They are they are le- improving their construction skills and so on. And it's not only Esther and Ivanildo who have to mm. do all the whole work. They have a team, a crew of, of leaders doing the stuff with them. So that's very positive o- outcome. So you start to do a little wow. bit of that. Can you actually yeah. <laughs> play us through that transition? Uh, yeah. So actually, <laughs> well, uh, I had I had two more teams. The idea of ca- of of capacity of, yeah. or capability is actually the opposite of vulnerability. If vulnerability mm-hmm. was downward, mm-hmm. for capacity, I was thinking of something upwards, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that is a generating capability. There is still this vulnerability pulling down, mm-hmm. but the capacity of people, the intention of people, is trying to move upwards and overcome this structural yeah, oppression. Yeah, I feel like I was
1: like swimming through mud. Do you know? I was, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. was like swimming through yeah. mud, Something and it was just like, like, like weighing me down. But I'm like, nope, I'm gonna
2: make no. this happen. Yeah, It's exactly. right. <laughs> it moving forward. That's you're gonna, you're like gonna go forward. That. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then there is also the idea of of conscientization I mentioned before mm-hmm. uh, of becoming aware which i think is it's a more nostalgic melody because somehow when you become aware of your own reality it's not always optimistic it's not pessimistic it's just uh, for me it's a nostalgic sound right so the, what i was thinking for conscientization was something like this <laughs> bit nostalgic, but the idea of my thesis is combining that with capabilities so that it slowly builds on the sparking uh, project and at the end it becomes triumphal. I don't have quite a, a concrete end for that, but at uh, different points, yeah, I guess. For example, here we have the sparking theme and conscientization uh, in the left hand, right? But in a more positive way. That would be more more towards the end of the interpretation. That beautiful. would be system change, bro. <laughs> system <laughs> change in the <laughs> very <laughs> end. change. <Right. laughs> that's beautiful. That's oh a, man. That's the whole cycle,
2: and and, uh, and it, the whole idea is that it keeps repeating itself. It yeah, yeah. So
0: I had the idea to to explore different ways uh, that conscientization capability could combine, sometimes more more uh, strange ways. <laughs> this idea of the sparking cycle to explore your own community, to start discovering your own community and to acquire the capabilities little by little that you need to aspire to the life you you have a reason to value, right?
2: Yeah. So uh, well, this has been great, uh, but I'm, I'm curious, you've gone through this phase and uh, through this project that you are working on and it's given you a new way of looking mm-hmm. at the work. Uh, so what's next for you?
0: So that's a good question. I mean, uh, I need to reflect on what will (laughs) happen here at MIT. As I usually know, like two years of the Master in City Planning program are very intense. So I'm looking forward to take some vacation after graduating. I I will stay here working for uh, at least one year in the Community Innovators Lab. But yeah, in the long term, I'm very uh, excited about this idea of the Spark, so I'm not sure if I could maybe have my own uh, team with colleagues that have the same feelings about it so that we can work with communities uh, to spark some meaningful change uh, with them. I think it's a great idea. You know, and there's so many efforts going on
2: right now, at least in this country, I don't know, in other places, but there's a higher interest in like using the arts. Yeah. But I think as you've said before that it's not just having arts there. It's yeah. a way of really thinking about how to make them really more effective, what they can actually ignite. And this notion of really focusing on vulnerability, Mm -hmm. on a trauma and going there and then building the capacity of people as you're doing that, I think it's a really powerful way of thinking about how art can actually help in the restoration of communities.
1: Yeah, it's about the mindset they bring more than the art itself almost, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it just, this has been such an incredible experience for me because you're talking about the importance of people coming in and you know, being contemplative and being empathetic and being good listeners. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've given us this gift of being listeners for you today. Um, not just the two of us in the room, but all of our people listening. Millions
0: of people. On air. Millions <laughs> of people listening, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for being here. Well, thank and you, my pleasure. Thank you for playing for us and speaking with us and sharing all of your incredible work and congratulations on your next steps. It's really exciting. Thanks, also yeah.
0: same to you. I know you're you are about to have your thesis defense next yes, week, right? So yes, Good luck, Ayushi. Thank and you. And also thanks, Cesar. Uh, I mean, for, for the record, Cesar has been a, an amazing advisor, also for Ayushi, an right? An incredible He's person. An incredible yes. person. He recently got a very prestigious award at MIT for his uh, yes. role as an advisor. So congrats also, Cesar. You, you. Here's the proof, right, of oh. <laughs> So thank you. Thank you all. Thank you.
2: Well, that was beautiful. Oof,
1: man, I feel like knots in my back released. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's like... So, so
2: you know, for those of you, I uh, I shouldn't say it that way because when I say for those of you, it, you know, implies some of you were there. None <laughs> of you were there with us. So we were Unfortunately, in, uh, we were in a very small uh, piano practice room with this grand piano. <laughs> two people taking video, the two of us in there, and Tony. And he basically just Mm. created the most relaxing, healing, and at the same time- Authentic. Authentic and intellectual space, all at the same time. And as you heard, his ability to put those in music, Mm and to use music as yet another form of communicating the intense work that he's been doing and the communities have been doing in Brazil.
1: Yeah, and he just embodies the amount of heart I think this work takes. Yes. And it's kind of, I mean, I'm so grateful that he's our end to the season because it's bringing to mind, you know, top of mind the amount of both heart you need in this work, and also the amount of like vulnerability you need in this work. Yes. And and you know that doesn't matter if you're working from, you know, our last interview, like from someone who works at Google, or if you're working with, you know, a, a public radio station, or within the foundation. I mean, the amount of heart this work requires, regardless of the actual brand or type of organization you're a part of, is so palpable. Yes. In the work of everyone we've spoken to this season and particularly now with Tony. And it just it's such a wonderful way to to leave, I think, the season. Yeah. And I'm also just realizing, Caesar, I, I think we might have uh accidentally held true to our like smooth move late night jazz <laughs> situation. <laughs> we got some piano going. Oh, we got some piano going. <laughs> uh...
2: Uh, I don't know what we're going to do the next season to actually <laughs> kind of, well, we're not going to try to talk. All that. jazz. That, that's just going to be, that was just wonderful. So I, you know, I want to just say thanks to all of our guests this yes. uh, season. It's been absolutely wonderful to work with everyone. And Tony, uh, thank you so much for a really grounded yes. and spiritual landing at the yes. end of the season. Thank um, you all. And thank you, Aisha.
1: Thank you, Caesar. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
2: We're a production of the Department of Urban Studies and Planning at MIT, with support from MIT's Office of Open Learning.
1: Our sound is produced by Dave Loshansky, our content by Julia Kubrera and Misael Galdemes. I'm Ayushi Roy.
2: I'm Susan McDowell.
1: And you can find us online at themove.mit.edu.
2: And on our Medium site at...
1: Medium.com forward slash themovemit, as well as our Twitter and Facebook. Thanks so much.
2: Goodbye.